we've got a fiery topic. The fiery topic today is getting past disappointment. Sometimes in marriage, we get disappointed. Yep. We could be disappointed because we thought it was going to be a particular way. That's usually the biggest disappointment. I thought you were going to do this. Yeah. I thought we were going to have that. Yeah. I thought you were going to treat me like this. Or you promised you would treat Ooh, me like this. You promised you. Yeah, because sometimes people just lie. I used to say it and be lying all, all straight face, all of that, and then do it. Mm-hmm. But I have turned it around. All the way. All the way, no doubt. And so don't think that it can't get turned around. It absolutely. I mean, we can talk about this. Yeah. But don't think that it can't get turned around. Because it can. So let's get let's get to the disappointment. Let's go ahead let's and get talk into about the, that. Let's, let's talk go. about what we let's do in the disappointment. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Disappointment. Think about it. Don't say it out loud if you're with your spouse. But think about something that may be disappointing, right? Maybe you haven't purchased a home yet. Maybe they haven't been faithful. Maybe you thought you were going to have children and you don't. Maybe you thought you would be uh, traveling, spending more time together. There's so many things that that you could desire. And a lot of it stems from what you desired like growing up or what you saw at home. Mm -hmm. Because most of us go into marriage thinking this is the way it's going to be. Like nothing in our brains <laughs> even consider, e even consider um, the fact that it might not be what we think it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's sad because we don't prepare enough. No, you you don't, and some people don't get to see it. Right. You know, if you don't this get if you don't get to see it, then you go to your you your start thinking, thinking your imagination, your fantasy. fantasy. You go into that place, yeah. and so you can fall into disappointment very quickly because of what you have fantasized Fantasize. about, oh. and you think that this is the way it's going to be. Yeah. And if it when it doesn't pan out that way, or it, I mean, even in the first couple of months, it doesn't look that way or feel that way. You get disappointed because yeah. this is what I, I fantasize about. This is what I imagine. You hear people, I imagine we're going to be like this. And we're going to, and people say it, you know, when they get ready to True. get married, you know, we, you talk about the things that are going to happen or, or, or anything that could happen. Oh no, everybody's that couple that They're it won't happen to. <laughs> and then when it happens, you fall into the, you fall into the place of being disappointed in either the other person or the situation. Yeah, so you can either be disappointed in the marriage itself or disappointed in your spouse or both. Yeah. Right? So you could you could really be like I'm disappointed that you don't make enough money or I'm disappointed that you couldn't provide this for me. Right. Or marriage just isn't what I thought it was going to be, so I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So those are our disappointments are a key factor and if we don't learn how to get through disappointments, we're going to struggle really? because disappointments are going to come because there's very rarely can anyone, it doesn't matter if they have a lot of money. You know, it's interesting people that maybe struggle with money. They think if we just had more money, this would happen. But if you watch 
wealthy people, they are struggling in marriage. They've got all this money, sometimes millions and billions with a B, and they can't stay married longer than three or four years. So it isn't money. Right. You think it is, right. but it really isn't. It's what you anticipate and what you expect and what you desire. So when you back up, you have to realize there's a couple of things that have to happen. We each have to be able to articulate our desires. True. And many times we just assume if someone loves us, they're going to meet our desires. And let's just give you a sound check. And eh, eh, eh. that's not going to happen. Someone just because they love you does not mean they're going to know or understand how to fulfill you, how to meet your expectations. And they're not inside your brain. So many times I don't even know. People, people think, well, you should just know that. I, I, when I tell you as a coach, as a marriage coach, the number of times. I hear, well, he should just know this or this or this. Sometimes people know and they don't know how, they right? Know. So when you say something like, well, they should just know to be faithful. True. That's one of the ones that people just know. They know to be faithful, but do they know how to be faithful? Because some people don't realize lust and perversion is demonic, can be generational. They, they may have had their whole... 10, 12, 20 years of doing things one way. And then just because you said, I do, you would hope that things would change. No. And sometimes people attempt to change, but they don't know how to live a life of purity. They don't know how to live a life with just one person. And it's sad, but we don't talk about how we just assume we'll be able to. Yeah. Because you're dealing with soul ties. Yep. You're dealing with strongholds. True. Like you said, you're dealing with generational curses. And so if you've been living that life for so long and then you decide to get married and you never dealt with the things that you have that's causing you to be the person that you are, right? then you just go into a marriage with that same stuff. Exactly. So now you 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 saying, well, you should know you shouldn't be that, but he was unfaithful in all of the other things. <laughs> I mean, he it, it was that way. And so the question is, how do we help or how do we assist or how do we identify 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 First, what yeah. the situation is. is what are we yeah. dealing with because there's some stuff you have to deal with in the spirit realm before you start trying to deal with it in the natural so if you don't deal with it in the spirit realm why am i disappointed all the time yes what is it that's causing this person to lie what is this person why is this person in a place with disappointment uh disappointing me all the time mm -hmm. have to identify the thing and then let's start Go into a place of praying because a person that disappoints you all the time, there's a scripture that says, pray for them that despitefully use you. So a disappointment makes you feel like you're being used yes. or like you're being mistreated or you, you've been ignored. And so you, the scripture tells you to actually go start praying for them. So yeah. now you say, I've been praying for them. But have you I, I, praying and asking to identify why? this person does what he does or she does what she does. And now you're looking at the, the symptoms. You, you, you've been looking at this, this whole situation, but what are the symptoms? What are these things that are causing a person to be a disappointment to you? Right. And, and having enough patience 
sadly, because sometimes when we talk about this, people think, oh, you're making excuses for them. Here's the deal. You're married. You probably have, you know, years put in. You're going to need to spend some time instead of just saying, forget it. Never mind. Put in the work to say, okay, I'm willing to pray, but now I've got to figure out what, what is causing this. Because I tell people all the time, if you are, and people in the body of Christ need to get, get it together. If you are a fornicator, especially if you're already saved, if you're already a Christian and you know you're not supposed to be having intercourse before marriage, especially when both parties, y'all in church, getting up out the bed, uh, and then going to church. You know, <laughs> if you knew you weren't supposed to do it, yeah. and you still did, uh -huh. it may be a very, very deep-rooted demonic assignment because normally people who are in the body of Christ, they want to do what the Bible says to do. So if you struggle to not fornicate, uh -huh. then it's the same demon. So the fornicating demon has, just has a ring on it. Yep. And the ring is not deliverance. So I share that all the time with people. And they, oh, it's like, we, why don't we talk about this in the body of Christ? We don't discuss the fact that people shouldn't be fornicating. And if you're fornicating, meaning you're having intercourse before you're married, not what the Bible uh, agrees to. So many people have intercourse before they're married. And then they get married and think, what's the big deal? No, a demon of lust and perversion was already present. Mm -hmm. The Bible says you have to cast the devil out. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't say, I do a devil out. That's not the same thing. And so a lot of times people don't even deal with the demonic assignment that was present. We don't even act like it was there because we're ignoring it. Now we, we ignore it because we, we're, we're, we're married now. So all of a sudden something changed. And it does in terms of the fact that it's okay to be, you know, intimate. But what if you couldn't control yourself before marriage? Oh, we can't control ourselves. We just, you know, it's just, that's just the way I am. And that's what I need and all of that. If you couldn't control yourself with your spouse, maybe you won't be able to control yourself with other people. It's just something we have to be open about because the demon of lust and perversion is prevalent in the church and we're not talking about it. Right. So deliverance can be needed in that situation if, if a person has never uh, been able to control the lust of the eyes or the lust of the flesh. And that's real. Very real. That, that's, not a, that's not a joke because you're talking about being disappointed. And, yep. and you looking at a situation and wondering why they're unfaithful right. or they, they, they wander, wander have eyes. wandering eyes and they're flirtatious and they're doing all of these things. That's a spirit that has been working for a very long time. Yes. That's not, that's not being identified and not being hit. And so you have to be able to, once again, identify these demonic activity that is going on in the marriage and listen i'm not saying everything's a demon but you got to pay attention to what is and what is and, and know what to do when you when, find out it exactly is, right exactly. because you can you can deal with the demon of lust 
But if you don't know how to pull down strongholds, if people don't know how to fill themselves with the word, then they'll ignore the, the, the wandering eyes. You'll ignore being flirtatious. You'll ignore a pornography addiction. You'll ignore all, you know, all kinds of things. And, and then all of a sudden you have things that disappoint. And you, you know, like you just said, the a disappointment when we, while we're talking about the lust and the perversion, you know, that was one of my strongholds, the, the pornography, the lust of the eyes, all of these things were really and extremely strong that it took a long, it was even a, I even a generational curse aspect of it too. But so it took a very long time for me to get the concept of how to get delivered, stay delivered, and actually now not be a disappointment. Yeah. And while you was doing good and all of a sudden now you fail, well, I wasn't filling myself up or I wasn't protecting myself, thinking that once I'm delivered, then I, I'm good. I, I, don't, I don't have to worry about it anymore, but do understand that whatever you cast out is sitting around the corner waiting to come back in. So mm -hmm. you have to literally, I have to, me, I'm talking about me. I have to always constantly protect my mind. The images and all that stuff wants to hit my mind because it's trying to get into my heart to make me go into actions. And so I have to constantly focus on that because why? If if it, if it get into me and I'm and I'm acting on it now, I'm a, a disappointment again. Right. And and that's not that's not something that I want to do. And so I'm saying this in from the perspective of the person that is struggling, the person that has struggled, the person that it has to ha had to have the deliverance, maintain this deliverance, and literally now be aware of my surroundings. There was times where, where we were going and I had to tell you, I'm like, hold up, Mom, I got I got thoughts. And you it, it, that's disappointing. It, it is. It's disappointing in two ways. Disappointing before we knew what exactly. it was. Disappointing during the journey. And then it gets to be disappointing when when your spouse has to help you deal with it. Right. Now, I'm not saying everyone has to help, but here's the deal. We're one. Right. So if it if it's something that's plaguing you, bothering you, that's it's what God had to tell you. me. It's bothering me because I'm I'm the recipient of what's going on. So we had to I had to learn to deal with the hurt. I had to learn to deal, you know, while you're disappointed. So it's easy to it's it's not easy to say, but it's good to say, well, well, identify something, but let's just be real. Identifying that your that your partner has a problem with perversion. Or identifying your your partner has a problem with with gambling, or identifying what whatever the case is, alcohol, drugs, whatever. It's disappointing, and instead of us saying, "Okay, I've got to get my heart right, I've got to get my mind right, I've got to get my own healing," while I'm targeting whatever is hindering my marriage, because like if if you use the term it whatever's hindering you, then you won't see the connection. So one of the things we have to do, we separate, you separate yourself. So your one problem. thing we say is our, our, you know, this is coming after our marriage, not coming after Gerald or Yvette. It, it, it had to be our, because in the beginning I was like, well, that's his problem. He needs to go to Jesus. He needs to get himself together. And we tried that. 
and it works for a little bit of time and then i'm disappointed again and then you got disappointed because i nagged about it all the time yeah but it was and then i get why you were nagging because it was disappointing but you hadn't identified or, or understood the struggle that it was to try to maintain it or even to try to because i was kept i kept failing mm -hmm. i kept failing so now you're talking about the spirit of failure now you're talking about a, a, a person that's disappointed but now i'm disappointed i'm disappointed in myself and not having and not having the ability to to last having the ability to stay delivered having the ability to do the right thing having the i felt like i didn't have the ability to do it so now if i'm a i'm disappointed to myself so now there's a whole there's a whole nother thing going on because if i'm disappointing myself i know i'm getting i'm going to i'm disappointing her and so now that hurts worse so now it's like why do i even try yeah people why, why try people give up a lot if they don't have support and people give up a lot if they don't even know why they're struggling. Yes. Because for a long time, when you make it up in your mind, and I, I, I can say this after healing, right? So during, I was very, very frustrated, very, very angry. And God said, if you don't get yourself under control, you won't be able to hear me. Like God was giving me instructions, but I was getting so angry. But God's word says, be angry, but sin right. not. He, he does not say if you're if you feel like they disappointed you, you can continue being angry. I couldn't. If you feel like they, they shouldn't have done that, you can be unforgiving. You can't. So God just kept saying, if you're angry, get yourself together. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath. So deal with this anger every single day. Don't let it the sun go down because it'll it'll pile up on you and tomorrow gets to be even more difficult to pull it down. So I got in a habit of pulling things down, but I got, I got frustrated. And then we didn't, we weren't able to talk about things and I wasn't able to hear God. So once I was able to hear God, he was literally giving me instructions, but it took a long time. So in that I'm like, forget it. Um, I'm done because I, I associated his failure or his falling with loving me or not. So like, if you did this, you don't love me. And it seems logical, but if someone truly is struggling, I'm not talking about just making stuff up. And so if someone truly is struggling with something, it's not necessarily connected to whether or not they love you or not. And, and how God helped me with that is, um, I'm a foodie. So God, God said, if I take away, he, take, he, he named three things that I really, really love. He said, if I said you couldn't have the, that ever again in life, ever, like you can never have Starbucks, you can never, ever have an Almond Joy, like you can never have it again in your life. And if you drink it or eat it, you don't love me or you don't love him. And all of a sudden it changed everything because I was like, that's a desire. And he said, he said, because you've never been addicted, you don't understand. It's the same thing. He desires drugs and alcohol. Like he utilizes it in his everyday life. And I didn't get that. I didn't understand that. I became far more compassionate. I'm not saying I excused it. And I'm surely not saying it didn't hurt my feelings. It didn't get me angry, but I understood it differently. 
because I just had to put it in. God helped me put it in perspective because he kept, I kept saying, he doesn't love me. He doesn't love me. This, 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 and this. He said, okay, then you love me, right? Yes. Every time you, you disappoint me, am I throwing that you don't love me or am I asking you to ask for forgiveness? And I had to back up. I honestly had to back up. So uh, we're not making excuses because people need to be responsible. Uh, however, if you have a situation and God is asking you to, to stay or asking you to work with him, because that's how it was for me. God was like, we can get him delivered together. It's, it's together. You're the vessel. It's my power. But you've got to agree. Then he had to teach me what was necessary for his deliverance, because he said, if he doesn't get delivered, he's going to keep promising. And he meant it when he said it. I, I found out later. Like he really did. I'm not going to do this anymore because he really wanted to do right. And then falling meant he would lie because I don't want to tell her I'm falling or I have fallen because I keep promising I'm not going to fall. So now you, it, there's lies in our relationship. And that's disappointing. And that's, it really is. Because once see what see what disappointment does, disappointment brings in the lies. It brings um, distrust. It brings yep. a lot of hurt because we looking at this situation, but you're looking at your spouse and thinking that they're meaning to disappoint you. Now, some, yeah. some, sometimes, sometimes are. It, they are, but majority of the times, if you look at the situation, why are they disappointing you? What is the, what is the reason that they're disappointing you? And what are some of the things that they're disappointing you in? Or is it, is it the lying? Is it the distrust? Is it, um, you know, adultery? What, whatever. You start looking at these patterns and you start paying attention to, and then you can, if you really pay attention, you will see if a person is really struggling in that area and they can't help it because they keep promising you that, okay, I'm going to do the right thing. And then later on, you get disappointment because they didn't, they didn't hold up to their word. And then you ask why, this happened and they don't have a clue they really don't have a clue and sometimes they do they know exactly what they're doing there's still room for prayer Always. there is power in the word of god and i know personally and from from coaching we hear but they have their own desires and they have their own choices of course they have their own they choices do. but there's power in prayer if they don't know what they're doing, or if they don't even agree to stop, let's say they don't agree to stop. The reality is I was still responsible. I can only speak for me. We speak for ourselves. I was still responsible to talk to God and realize he put me on this whole assignment. He put me on an assignment. And I posted the other day, if God puts you on an assignment, he's equipped you for that assignment. And so he was giving me equipment. He was giving me resources. He was giving me power. He was giving me strategies. He was giving me strength, all of which was necessary for help because he didn't have a desire to stop in the beginning because it was too hard. They didn't want to like, forget it. I don't feel like it. Never mind. All of that, because who wants to keep failing? falling sometimes people don't know it know anything different if you grow up that way and you're like oh well 
I'm going to drink because I like it. I'm going to do drugs because I'm addicted. What do you think an addict is going to say? They're going to first make excuses and then realize, oh, it might not be as easy as I thought to stop doing this just because I want to stop. That, that'd be no different than eating or anything else we do when we want to do something else. It's not as easy as just making a decision. So there's power in the word of God. There's power in prayer. And we can't just ignore that. The best thing you can do when you're disappointed is go to God for his strategies, his ideas, his power. And God's word was right there telling me, number one, I needed to forgive. Number two, this was God's idea. God, this relationship was God's plan for me. Then, then he was saying, um, I want him delivered. I want him delivered. You have the power to pray for him because he gave us the power to sanctify so when he gave us the power to sanctify, even while he was doing what he was doing, I'm not saying it was easy and I'm not saying I liked it. I still sanctified him. Now, in the beginning, I didn't because I didn't understand it, nor did I want any part of it. But once I realized, oh, wait a minute, I can sanctify him. Then he'll tell you, even though he didn't know what I was doing, the drugs weren't doing the same thing they were doing before. The alcohol wasn't, he was, his body wasn't responding to the alcohol like it was. He stopped having desires like he used to have because the power of prayer doesn't go anywhere. Like a, addiction is not bigger than prayer. Uh, lust and perversion is not bigger than God. Like these things, we got to stop acting like people can't get delivered. Cause God said, oh, that's, that's the thing I can't do alcoholism. That's the thing I can't do. Mental illness. Oh, that's the thing I can't do. Don't tell me that I can't do it because I can't. Do you want to be a part of the process? Yeah. Say that, but don't say God can't do it. Yeah. People want to put all of these different things and thinking that God can't, God can't heal. God can't deliver and God can't do, make a turnaround. God is able to do ex, ex, mm exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think understand this as when we start talking about who you are god made you suitable you're suitable to be able to help help us because we weren't good until you were made it was it wasn't good for us to be alone and so the assignment is not for us to be alone it's for us to be have to actually have the help to actually get us into the place where God truly desires us to be. Our natural instincts and our natural flesh is going to always bend towards the world. We have to, I have to literally pay attention mm. to not forming into the world system and stay into God. That's why I say to myself, it's going to be God or it's going to be God. I don't have a plan B. Naturally, my body, my flesh wants the plan B. I can do this on the side or I can I can live in a gray area or I can do all of this. But God does not want that. He wants me to be on his side and his side only. And so now that I'm, I'm from the, the other side and the straddling the fence and I'm all God, I'm going to be all God. But she still helps me. She still assists me. She's still suitable for every season that I go in. 
every level that I go up, she has something in her to be able to assist me in that place, to help me in that place. And so when God called you for this assignment, he made you suitable for it. He made you suitable for it. There's nothing, there's nothing that you can't have. There's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing that you can't pray for that God, because there was there was some hard prayers. There were some hard times. I wasn't a I wasn't an easy guy. What I was dealing with was not easy, hmm. but it was the, the fight that she had to go through is worth it. It was worth it. I, I look at where we come from. I look at the battles. I look at the fights. I look at the struggles that we went through and, and what what it entailed. It wasn't a, a short battle. It wasn't a short term thing. This was a long term thing. And it's, and we still have to battle. Right, we still right. have to fight. This is not saying, oh, oh, we got it. Y'all see us now. But my God, if you knew where we came from and how we talk about it, but actually being there and seeing it, that thing was hard. Yeah. That that was hard. It was me, her, and God. Yeah. Me, her, and God. It was like, and there was battles. I don't want to hear you. And we got to a place where we hated each other. Absolutely. Like, don't talk to me. Don't uh, disappointment. I do not care if you disappointed. I don't care if you don't like me. I don't care why. And and internally, I'm saying that, but internally, I'm I'm tore up because I didn't know how to not disappoint her. I didn't know how. I I, I wasn't. I, would, I didn't feel like I was equipped to actually do it. And at the time, you weren't. No. You didn't have uh, the, the strength. You didn't have the knowledge. You didn't have the scriptures. You didn't have the desire. All of those things were things we had to obtain, which is why sometimes it takes a long time. You, you can want to do something but not be equipped to do it, mm -hmm. meaning you can have. I had what because God kept saying Everything you need is on the inside of you. But that didn't mean I didn't have to study. That didn't mean I didn't have to sew. That didn't mean I didn't have to read. That didn't mean I didn't have to put things into action. So I had it on the inside of yeah, me, yeah. but it, I had to tap into it. So when you realized you wanted to do better, you didn't have the tools. So we share, we started sharing tools, sharing information and yeah, I had to pull on, both of us had to pull on the strength of God. We weren't doing this in our strength. When when you when you start getting depleted, you have to realize this cannot be, well, our situation. It could not be in our natural. It like, says when you're weak, uh, he's strong. The Bible says, yes. Mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, you, you have to get the strength, the, the supernatural strength of God in order to do it. I mean, you, you can't just say, oh, I, you know, God's word says, don't get weary in well-doing. That, that scripture either be still and know that I am God meant I'm God. Don't put natural limitations on me or don't get weary in well-doing. God was like, you're doing the right thing. No, you haven't seen manifestation, but don't get weary in well-doing. Don't tell me you're doing the right thing and you're just tired of doing it because the Bible says, don't get weary. So basically, God is saying, if you're weary, come to me. That part. That part. You got to come. And it's like going to the gas station. Cars are only as good as the, the gas, gas is in them. Like, you don't have any gas. It doesn't matter if it's a $100,000 car, $200,000 car, or a $200 car. If it does not have any gas in it, it's not going anywhere. So I had to every day 
throughout the day. Go to God for strength. Go to God to get filled up. Go to the word to get filled up. Worship because I was being depleted all the time, but, but I was doing well. So God was like, you're doing the right thing. I just have to be the one to fill you up because there's no way you can keep this up. Like I was warring day and night. Now we pray constantly, even in our deliverance. We're, we are constantly praying. We're, we're constantly decreeing. We're con like, this is not a, I used to do, but there were, there were about five years that I was warring like sweat, you know, blood, sweat and tears kind of thing where it, it, it was exhausting. And I, I almost couldn't live. Like it was everything I did. It was I wake up in war. I go to bed in war. When I'm at work, I'm I'm warring. You know, even at my desk and walking around in my car, everything was a was a complete battle. But I had to go back and and okay, God, fill me up. And then I had to realize new seasons meant not only did I have to continue warring and get strength from Him, strength from God but I needed new weapons. It was like different things. I was uncovering like, oh, he has disappointment. Oh, it's been failure. Oh, this is a generational curse. This goes back four or five generations. Oh, so I was getting new information and that, that meant I had to keep pressing on just until, and I didn't know when it was going to stop. Or if it was ever going to stop. Because God never said a time. He never said. He just said it pleased him that I was his vessel. So it was like, God, if this is what you want. Like, I don't want to tell you no. That that can't be a child of God's answer. You know, I want you to do this. Do you want to do it? No. And then just turn your back. Well, I mean, I kept having it almost every day. Say, not my will, but thy will be done. Because I don't want to do this anymore. Not my will, but thy will be done. I don't want my heart to feel like that. Not So half of the war was not for him. Let me say that again. Because mm -hmm. we, we can get quick and say, I've been praying for so-and-so for two years. But half your prayer was so you would forgive. The other half of your prayer was so you wouldn't be mad. The other half of your prayer so you would you would pray without ceasing. Those prayers not for the other person. I was supposed to be doing that because I'm saved. God was like, wait a minute. You're not praying for him right now. You're praying because you need to forgive. Forgiveness is for you. You're praying because you, you've been bitter today. Bitterness is on you. I wasn't even getting to the lust and the perversion half the time. I wasn't because I'm pulling down stronghold my own. I'm coming after my frustration. Like, okay, never mind. I want a new marriage. Lust of the eyes. I see a, a marriage that seems happy. Probably wasn't as great as I thought it was. In my mind, I made up stuff. I'm, I'm like, I want a new man. I want a guy got something better for me. I Now all my prayers are word curses. I'm over here saying I want something different. Lust of the eyes. I'm over here looking where I don't have any business looking. Now I'm trying to cancel lust off of him, but I got lust in my eyes. We got to be honest about this thing. You're not always praying for your spouse. You, you The disappointment is God asking me, is asking me to do something that I don't want to do because God said, 
you're mad at him, but I'm the one asking you to do it. And I was like, dang. So sometimes the disappointment is you're disappointed in God, disappointed in the assignment. Be truthful, be honest and deal with it accordingly. Don't blame it on the other person because God was like, but that's the I'm easy, asking that's you to the do easiest it. thing to do. Yeah, blame the other person.